Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com here. It is December 12th. We have WWE SmackDown live to talk about. We're going to make our Clash of Champions predictions. I want to just uh, let you all know about the programming this weekend. Of course, we have the MMA Industry Podcast Thursday. that kind of kicks all that off. We have Hunter from uh, Flow Combat joining James Lynch to talk about their outlet. Then Friday, Ring of Honor, Final Battle, post-show. Saturday night. I have UFC on Fox post-show. Hopefully Showdown Joe can make it back in time from his commentary gig in Florida to join me on that. And then Sunday night, WWE Clash of Champions post-show. This show and all those are brought to you by DraftBus.com. If you are terrible at fantasy sports, head over to DraftBus.com, where if you draft the worst team, you win. Seems pretty simple in theory. It's not as simple as it sounds. It is a ton of fun, though. Today, I am joined by one Anna Bauert, award-winning actress, backstage interviewer extraordinaire. What was your, what's your EPW name? I saw it. Uh, Anna Ashley. Ah, there we go. I was going to say Anna Adams at first. Anna Ashley. I was going to go for something like that. No, Anna Ashley. Could be a porn star, could be an interviewer. You don't know. Hey. I'm glad she made that joke. Yeah. Yeah. Shrouded in mystery. You all see yeah. Jeff. Jeff, it does still look a little smoky there. Uh, it is. It's uh, well, it, actually, it's probably just lights. But uh, yeah, how you holding up? Ah, uh, so far so good. Uh, you know, um, fire's nowhere near me, so I'm not worried about that. But it's still one of those things where it's just ashy and smoky and terrible. And actually, I think the fires have actually not been on the news. I mean, I think we've actually moved on, which is very weird because I don't think it's even close to contained. Yeah, there was that particularly horrifying video that looked like it was out of a movie. Like it was where it showed all the cars driving towards. Oh, yeah, on the 405. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But but yeah, it was very, very terrifying. Uh, Guys, we have a ton of news up at Fightful.com. Before we get into SmackDown... Uh, big interview with Paige, big interview with Tom Cassiello, uh, mm-hmm. former writer. Those both dropped this week. We have stories coming from those all the way around. That Paige interview in particular, I got to say, was a must listen. I don't know if he – did either one of you get a chance to hear yeah, it? Yeah, I finished it last night. I, I don't listening. think – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. I was, no, I was listening to the Cat Cassiello uh, interview all day, so I haven't had a chance to get to it. I, I had to fit that one in Sunday to assign stories, but – Anna, we'll talk a little bit about the page interview. I don't think she could have come off any better, possibly, than what she did. Yeah, she's genuine as hell, and it's it, this really was a year of hell for her. And they, who can say that they've been through that much in their lifetime? I mean, there are oh, people gosh, that yeah. have, but for the majority of us, that that's pretty freaking heavy. Um, and she's back, and that's not something to glance over. And I'm really glad that she was this open and honest because I, I know guys who shared that video. I know guys who watched it and girls 
And people do this so often with people in the public eye that they just dehumanize them. No, that's, that's someone's personal shit you're putting out there and you're looking at and you're sharing. It's hopefully people listen to that and take that into consideration and think the next time something like this happens. Yeah, I'd be talking to you before a show or something, and when something hit the web, like my inbox lit up. People would send it to me like it's something I should be posting on Fightful, and I'm like, guys, what? You think we're going to run this? Like, you think we're going to pop a link? But, I mean, think about all she's been through. She got hurt. She had neck surgery. She got back in the gym too quick after neck surgery. Had to get her necks fixed again. Didn't know she was ever going to wrestle again. Had her relationship somewhat uh, appropriately put out there, somewhat inappropriately put out there. She had these leaks happen. She was hospitalized as part of those leaks. That's just me scratching the surface. Like I can't even think about like there, there's a lot more even uh, all this while there's a movie being filmed on, on uh, about her life, but she is, Oh, she failed two drug tests. Uh, one of which, or she didn't fail drug tests. She failed one wellness violation and then she failed a drug test. She took full responsibility for, for a lot of this stuff. I think Lillian Garcia was the perfect person to interview her about this. Like there's, as much as I take pride in my job, there's no way I could have interviewed a page not knowing her on a personal level and being a dude and been able to open up and ask the type of things Lillian Garcia did. That's her friend. That's somebody she's comfortable with. And there's really no replacing that. Like as far as interview skills though, go, it is an absolute must listen. I I've said it on the shows before. I make jokes that either the week of Thanksgiving or right after it seems like a big interview pops up and, this is that interview, and the Tom Cassiello one is it's a little long, but it's it's a good listen as well. We have stories coming on those nonstop, but definitely wanted to bring that up. SmackDown Live. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn are promoting the Yep movement backstage, Jeff. This is a little different than the Skip Sheffield Yep, 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 yep movement. How it do? Um, no, he said what it do, and I hope that do. Kevin Owens works it in. I just hope that Kevin Owens finds a way to work it in. Uh, the, the the attached piece to the shirt made. Yes, <laughs> oh, they're going to sell the hell out of their shirts. Oh, when, once they're actually made, yes, yes. I, I I believe so. Um, no, I look, I I like these two a lot. I'm. It's weird though. I'm 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 shifting a perspective a bit because it feels like they're not serious enough to be main event heels. So that means someone else is coming to be heel after after this after this show tonight. That's what I think. Anna, what do you think about the Yep movement? I loved it. Those shirts are fantastic. They're great. Uh, in terms of Jeff's comment, just going off that. I mean, they're throwing in Shane and Daniel Bryan now as two referees in the match, which should be interesting considering Daniel Bryan also admitted to having no idea how it's going to work. Um, I think you're right in the t- in terms of, yeah, they don't see them for some reason as the big time plays in this bigger scenario. Um, I partly think that's because of the comedy stuff, mm-hmm. which fine, whatever. Um, but they're doing probably the best job on the show at the moment. So. Oh, they're very entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it's, it's not it. I'm, I'm totally parsing a lot of things in my head at the same time. Cause I found that main event segment fascinating in so many different ways. Oh, that I can't boy. That, that's the story of the show. And we'll get to, and the match wasn't even the story of the show, right? The Singh brothers are out after AJ styles is running down Jinder Mahal. They say they want to be in AJ styles corner. <laughs> And this was real bad scripting, but I got to say, AJ Styles did his best here, and it was it entertained me <laughs> the way that AJ would react to some of these things because it's Vince McMahon has abandoned all efforts to get rid of his accent, and I think that's a part of his charm and kind of the funny thing about him. Oh, really? Really? You you want to you want to get rid of gender? You you don't want to be around him, huh? Why were you Why were you with him in India? Why? And the Singh brothers are just sitting there staring. Like, oh, shit. Social media. It's everywhere, guys. Like, I'm glad that they at least addressed it because, you know, they they, they hadn't for, for a solid week and a half, and I didn't think they would. 
Anna, did you think this was just going to be a thing that they they were like? Ah, whatever. India's not. I'm really in- glad. No, I'm really glad that they did bring up the house show thing because it was on this show last week. We brought up Mojo and Ryder still tagging together after. Yeah. After their little yeah. How infuriating would it have been after six goddamn months if the India show was not in canon in WWE storyline? <laughs> They come out here and they, they put on shows that are definitely not in canon with yeah. what we're watching on TV. They assume that we are still 10 years behind, I guess. Kind of. Buddy Murphy's a main eventer there, isn't he? Apparently. There you go. The Singh brothers are hilarious. AJ Styles is hilarious. Plays off really bad scripted lines. Styles also calls them dingleberries. Uh, that, Jeff... Whether scripted or not is the exact phrase that I would imagine AJ Styles would use. <laughs> uh, let me, let me, I think you're underselling how clever this was because it really uh, over, or not over, so I don't want to, it, it gave the audience a bit of a swerve. Everybody here is expecting AJ to suffer from stupid baby face syndrome. Yeah. He goes, no, don't you know, uh, don't you know social media exists? It's there. Boom. Well, do it's you like, think oh, that? I'm I'm it's like a bit of an inception because who's expecting that? Does WWE expect us to expect that or would we really expect it? I don't think we or really it, expected it. I think it was one of those it, things where it's like they know that we're going to think this is crap and yeah. then AJ's eventually going to get beat up. So it's like, "Oh, okay. We'll we'll actually treat you all like smart human yeah, beings." It's just amazingly bit. confusing. It's like, yeah. "Oh, they know that our writing sucks ass." So, Let's make it not suck ass one time. Ha ha, I got him. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like being very self-aware of, of your entire product in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I, for one, absolutely howled at the line. He thinks we're twins. <laughs> and he makes us dress the same. I thought there were a couple of times tonight that I just absolutely howled at, at, was, at how funny this show there was. There was some banter about the scent of... His Gender's feet. feet. Butter okay. chicken. I thought yeah. that was offensive up until the point where it just became ridiculous. And, and then, then I thought like, that AJ Styles was going to be like, well, that, that actually sounds kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. Chicken and cheese and garlic. Like, garlic? Things that was so, it was like so lame that I, that I enjoyed it. Like the, the scripting, which from what I could tell was scripted, was real bad, but I still enjoyed it because it mm-hmm. was kind of ridiculous. We had Charlie versus Charlotte versus Ruby Riot. Ruby applies kind of an odd-looking armbar that I'm definitely going to try and see if it's practical. But hey, she's doing something different. She worked a lot better in the ring than she did a couple of weeks ago, Anna. Yeah, yeah, I thought she was good here. It's just uh, I don't care anymore. I, I, I don't actually care. They had a, a total. Total Divas, Total Belt, Total Divas, whatever, they're all the same. Total Divas segment where they came back from break and Corey Graves actually said, move over Regina George, Lana, and Natalia here. Yeah. Like, okay, well, you're acknowledging the source material now. That's something. But it really is, like, cool. Generic Mean Girl number one, two, three, and four. I don't care who Ooh, wins. What's, what's the next one they're going to rip off? Easy A? Look, if they go for Heathers, that would at least be a bit more extreme and there'll be some, you know, blood and some semi-demonic stuff. That's something different. Yeah. But right now it's just generic crap over and over again. Like having having Paige, we know her story. We know what she's yeah. overcome to be there. And she has enough personality that no matter what they give her, she comes out into the ring and she cuts a promo and we get her personality. Whereas it's like... Cool, you have catchphrases. I don't. She's been to the top before too, and she can lay claim to being part of the change in WWE. I, uh, I, think, there's a, oh, I think there's another uh, aspect here as well. When you compare it to the Raw segment last night, which was intelligent for once, in that after two weeks of this crap, the locker room gets sick of it and they all come out and beat on <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolution, and we'll then to, to watch we'll this to one, and, and to watch this one, it was kind of. Meh. Yeah. Natalia's on commentary. Tom Phillips calls six moves ooh in 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> it's infuriating. Natalia gets punched by Charlotte, too. Now, this is going to sound controversial, guys, but 
there was a good front drop kick and Naomi was the one who did it and it made sense. Naomi sprints from backstage. <laughs> I'm talking full speed. Spreads her legs and double front drop kicks both of these women like like they were friggin' Rick James into a mirror. It was awesome. It was great. Her punches looked really great. She had a lot of fire. This is the best and most motivated I've seen Naomi in any segment in quite a while. That was very cool. Uh, Jeff, mm-hmm. WWE has started Lana's transmission transformation into Thunder Kitty. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I have no response for that. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, I agree. I well, like she's, your... she's a much better wrestler than Thunder Kitty. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I liked Naomi's dropkick here. I I I, I kind of agree with you, but I just think you know what Naomi is kind of secondary to this entire story. I understand, but she got a good reaction. So, I mean, that's that's what you want in a situation like that. And I usually hate that front drop kick, especially on the outside. But I've always said, like with the suicide dive or something like that, if you're doing it to take out two people, that makes a little more sense to me. Like you see it as that that beacon of hope that can overcome that that numbers game. Anna, what did you think of the locker room emptying out after Naomi came out? It took one girl to run, kind of run these three off. Yeah, that wasn't my issue. Was more commentary was trying to sell this as an unusual situation, all the women feuding. This is every single week on SmackDown Live, and then the lumberjack thing as well, because the last lumberjack match we saw was with all the guys, and they broke out into a fight for no reason whatsoever. Um, it's kind of like, okay, well, we know what's going to happen again. Why yeah. do we care? Backstage, Daniel Bryan sees KO and Zayn in a Yep shirts. Later on, we see Jinder Mahal jumping AJ Styles. Jinder has spoken minimally. He has been involved like very, very little in these shows. Jeff, will Sunday be the end of Jinder Mahal at the top of the card? Oh man. <laughs> I know it's tough. I hope it's the end of the plaid shirts. Um <laughs> that thing was ugly. Oh, I I'm a plaid shirt fan. I wouldn't well, I am too, just not with a suit like that at yeah. and a solid That's tie. That doesn't just make sense. That doesn't make sense, yeah. Um I you know what? Maybe the tip top of the card, but he's still going to be upper mid card, I think. I'd be okay with that. Him in the U.S. title picture is something that I think made sense all along. Now, Anna, what do you? Who do you think takes this match Sunday? This is our first prediction: AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal, WWE Championship. Who walks? Please, away God, it's AJ, and let's move on from this. That's what I'm hoping to. There is a theory going around that Jinder forgot his line, or he didn't say anything. Like he kind of. I, I, I miss, he mumbled something when he vaguely beat up AJ while missing him completely. Um, but then the WWE social media posted a quote from uh, from Jinder at that moment. And so there's now speculation that Jinder forgot his line. What was the quote? Um, this Sunday you will not be beating the odds, exclamation mark. I thought he said that. I, I didn't hear he might have said it, but it was very mumbled, and that's why there is this oh, speculation. By then, Australia was deep into a commercial, probably. Probably. I mean, that's deep. why I missed the majority of the women's match as well. So, Speaking of, uh, Jeff, really quickly, prediction, AJ gender Sunday? AJ Styles, but I still give a 15% chance he put the belt back on gender. I missed last week. I must have been typing a note or something that Sarah Logan promo. <laughs> oh boy. That woman passed out in the middle of a promo or something like <laughs> I saw a transcript, somebody, a transcript quote unquote, somebody put on Reddit. Oh my God. It was, that was, that was real bad. That was real bad. Are you saying that's not authentic Kentuckian? Uh, well, you know what? I understood what she said more than many people that live out here. Well, they they need to hire you as a translator. 
they should. I don't know if I could I could do a lot of it. Uh, the women's match: Charlotte versus Natalia. Anna, who you got? Charlotte. I have Charlotte as well. Jeff, Charlotte, and Natalia. And what extent do the lumberjacks get involved? I think. Um, I think it doesn't matter. I think Carmella goes out with the belt. Ooh. I would really love it if Carmella has developed this unhealthy attachment to Frankie the briefcase and then the year runs out and she just hasn't cashed in because she just can't give it up. Let's let's touch on the genius of James Ellsworth. (laughs) What a brilliant man that is to to spoof (laughs) the, the Cody Rhodes list. I think he did it in crayon, maybe, which is even better. And his list was a bunch of intergender matches. Well, you know the girls there love it. That's a booking for them. It's a good booking for them. He's going to get beat by all of them, as he should. All of them. Anna, smart move. Smart move. He could have just went away. We saw a guy by the name of Colin Delaney who just kind of went away after his run in WWE. James Ellsworth is going to be like these – I think these are going to be YouTube hits. I really do. He's been continuously posting since he was let go of like highlights from his time in WWE, like all these little things, backstage stuff. He's he's putting in the yards, and I really hope there's a good payoff. And then we see some of these matches. Jeff, what did you think of this? I thought it was brilliant. Oh, there's at least three of those matches I want to see. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see Rosemary. I want to see Rosemary kill him. I see Rosemary kill him. I want to see Nicole Savoy just talk a lot of smack while throwing him around. I want to see Mar- Mercedes Martinez not take his crap. I am I'm stoked. Give me these matches. And the four horsewomen are the only ones to give him mercy and let him in. <laughs> the, he surveyed the landscape. He looked at things. He saw these names. The names on his list, by the way, are Emma, Rosemary, Sienna, Deanna Perrazzo. Britt Baker, Brandy Rhodes, Mia Yim, Kelly Klein, Cyborg, Madison Rain, Candice LeRae, Mercedes Martinez, Laurel Van Ness, Nicole Savoy, and at the bottom, Carmella, which I thought was a great <laughs> addition. And, you know, I just think it's very savvy for more reasons than just that. Some of these people have close ties to very important people. Some of these people have long histories with with companies and it's, it's just very, very smart of James Ellsworth. Uh, it, it's very rare that you can rip something off, but make it that good. And, and he did it. So hats off to him. Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Uh, shirtless Baron Corbin is back. He also hits a ring post really hard. Then that's about it because Bobby Roode gets like super naked and hits <laughs> The glorious DDT on Sickler <laughs> Corbin. Anna, what'd you think of this? <laughs> he takes off his robe and does this shimmy out. Yeah. <laughs> that just made it. And we got another Graves Root. Like Graves and Root on commentary is all I ever won. And we got a hallelujah yeah. and then a hallelujah out of Saxon. And then we got to see a stop at Saxon from Corey Graves. And I wish we get a lot more of that, especially in the final segment. Oh, side note, on the phone notifications from WWE, they called it Ziggler defeated Corbin after Rude interfered. But did I miss something? Why did they call it for Ziggler? I, in my notes, I put Bobby Rude versus Dolph Ziggler. I didn't put a damn result. I don't know, like, like how, well, if they called it for Ziggler, it's because he got hit with the glorious DDT. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, okay. That's okay. it. But that should have been a no contest. They both got it. Yeah. Jeff, I think this was to just hammer home, hey, these three guys are fighting, and they don't like each other. That's really it. I'm very very tempted to get naked just for this part of the show right now. It would not be glorious. If you add the shimmy, it might work. Yeah, it might. might. Okay. Uh, No, I thought this was notable because of uh... (laughs) – uh of uh i thought dolph looked really good taking the punch from corbin and then taking the glorious ddt where he basically got horizontal which was pretty Mm -hmm. darn awesome i thought 
Who wins this match, Jeff, on Sunday? Oh, I think Baron Corbin. Yeah. As do I. Anna, your pick. Corbin. We see a fashion files where Brizango decide to challenge the Bludgeon Brothers. In the ring, to die at the hands of the Bludgeon Brothers, Colin Delaney, who, of course, he shows up like five weeks after James Ellsworth is gone. Mm-hmm. Like, just because, of course. Uh, Graves actually references his old run in WWE, which I loved. I, why not bring people back for one-off, Santa? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. And that scream... And I, I, I put out there, can someone please edit that into Seth Rollins' theme? And they did it within like 10 minutes. So oh, yeah, shout out to that guy. Did. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that Yeah, this jobber. This jobber. A oh, that- trademark symbol up there. He got his ass kicked real proper. That's, a double uh, last ride. That is Chikara Grand Champion Juan Francisco de Coronado. Uh, that was Chikara Grand <laughs> Champion Juan Coronado. Um, c- can I say that I got the feeling that Vince wasn't there tonight? Because there's <laughs> no way they reference Colin Delaney, where 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 it feels like it feels like Graves just went off on his own and basically goes, "Hey, can we talk about the return of is that Colin Delaney?" He's rarely at SmackDown. I usually been told that. Uh, Shows after pay-per-views, he'll be there because he, you know, he wants to oversee direction, storyline, and stuff like that. But that would, you know, I think that if he would have known it was Colin Delaney, he might not have let it happen. That's true like, too. He might have just been like, no, but or they wouldn't have mentioned his name at all. They would have because who was going to recognize him? Not not that many people. He got crucifixed, by the way, quite appropriately because. They did nail these two bastards to the old rugged cross. Like, man, this That's, was a good ass kicking. The only thing that could ever top that screen is if someone pulled off a Wilhelm scream. Yeah. They were sent to the pit of misery. Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly. Bludgeon Brothers are beating Brizongo, right, Jeff? Oh, oh, I I, I think we may need uh, in 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 memoriam for Bruzango here. We may never mm-hmm. see Fashion Files again. Uh, they dead. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to bring the news to you like this, Anna, but uh, your two sons did not make it. <laughs> I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> what What's your pick for Sunday? You giving him any hope? Uh no. Well, the fact they didn't even show us. The full fashion files. Yeah. Like they showed that at the house show and then they showed a clip and then go online and watch it. That's not good. Unless it's a new marketing ploy, then cool. Mm-hmm. Somebody says we need a Big Dick Johnson return now, LMAO. Big Dick Johnson runs Lucha Underground, Playboy. He ain't coming back. Not until they get off the air, at least. KO and Zane come out and they they air their grievances about Shane McMahon and talk about the Yep movement. I thought it was really smart that they thought this was like just the same as Daniel Bryan. Like they were wronged just like Daniel Bryan was wronged. Like I understand. I understand why they as characters would think that this is a good idea. We can relate to our boss. We can kiss his ass and he'll love it. Daniel Bryan says that there comes out and says they're nothing like him and he'll have Shane's back like he's had. Uh, like Shane has had his rather, but Daniel Bryan will be a second guest referee. This was several minutes that were really carried just to say that, just to drop that one line, thought they did it well. And how the hell are they going to handle this double referee business? Well, it's going to almost be like the in-ring match doesn't even matter because it doesn't. Um, yeah, I, look, it, it's something different. And Daniel Bryan even said at the end, like, we don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll try it. And that's that's okay. And if it serves a storyline, then I'm all for it. And hopefully they can pull it off really well. Um, I really love this segment. I do question if KO and Sammy ever believed that anyone from out back would come out and support them um, <laughs> as characters. Uh, but there was a line where they're like, this is exactly like that. And Jen Brown's like, no, this is about the crowd, what the crowd wants. 
And Sammy's response was, okay, okay, this is kind of exactly like that, but this is about what we want, what we deserve. Like, yeah, you shining star. I love you. Jeff, um, what'd you and think? And Kaya brought up the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Jeff, what'd you think? Oh, I enjoyed the segment quite a bit. I, I always like, I, I think when Daniel Bryan as a character gets angry, there's a certain force to his words that I really, really like in terms of I'm going to cut through all this clownish crap and try and get through to you. I, and I really liked that. I liked that tone it set, um, especially after. <laughs> all right, everybody, come on out. Hundreds, hundreds, thousands in the back. <laughs> come out. Uh, that was that was the uh, highlight from Sammy uh, for me. But uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Earlier in the night before SmackDown, a challenge was made. Mojo, Zack Ryder at Clash of Champions, the pre-show. Mojo's winning this. <laughs> I think it's almost a foregone conclusion. Anna, your pick. Mojo. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Jeffrey. Oh, Mojo. Up next, uh, I really regretted not traveling to Cincinnati to see Aiden English sing live. Like I remember when they pitched when when this was like pitched and somebody one of my contacts backstage said he's getting a singing gimmick and I was like like he did that one time on SmackDown they're like yeah I was like oh that sucks no it doesn't Aiden English has never been more over Jeff what would you rate the song. <laughs> Uh, based on Rusev's happiness, an eleven out of ten. Uh, are you not elated? It's not. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not happiness. It is elation. Yes, it is elation. Uh, <laughs> okay. New Day is out there on commentary. Usos come out and talk about day one ish. Rusev and Aiden English are out there talking about Rusev Day, and Gable and Benjamin cut like another. Like it was painfully bad, but I could appreciate the training day reference. <laughs> like I like that. <laughs> like it was, I was like, oh, it's one of those jokes you make on a show, and it just doesn't get over. But you get it, and you're like, ah, I see where on paper somebody thought that was okay to do. Anna, you you acted for a good part of your life, yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of challenges do you face if maybe you, you get on set and you got a couple amateur wrestlers there trying to read off lines? I'm sure it happens all the time and they just can't do it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people hired for reasons that, okay, let's just say, you know, these guys didn't come off as amateur wrestlers. They came off as entirely miscast and whoever is writing for Gable in particular really needs to take a long hard look in the mirror because given how they've set him up the past few weeks and the people that he's been trying to pick on having a line where he calls himself their master really could be taken in the wrong way um yeah that's a good point I, I've started just calling them like I have shorthand for nicknames for each team. So like Ruru, Russo's, they are the douches, um, aptly named. And that's just kind of where they're going to sit in my mind unless they really give them a good makeover, which I don't think is going to happen. Jeff, Chad Gable screams out like 1996 WCW pro baby face. That might win. Might win. And that's not a bad thing because there was some talent on that show. Jerry Lynn was on that show quite often. What did you think of this tag match? Poor Anna. Most of it was during the commercial. 
It heats up. English gets caught with a super kick. But due to Rusev helping out, Aiden gets a pinfall win. And we learned that his finish is a falling front DDT, that DDT that Rollins used for a week and then abandoned. Yeah, um, and I think this pretty much indicates that English is taking the fall in this match as well. Uh, Gable, wow. I mean, when this program started, I thought, okay, great. They're elevating Benjamin and Gable. And now they're the basically the also-rans in this four-tag match. Um, I thought that joke i mean look he xavier woods has a trombone if there's any time for the sad trombone it's at that (laughs) gable joke for training day um that was just uh i i understand what they're trying to do but you know what we don't have to be cute all the time and uh and you know it, it was a it was an attempt that failed badly i thought the match itself was pretty darn good i think the usos you know, taking turns losing indicates to me that they're going to win um, on Sunday. I am going with the Usos as well. Anna? Usos, and I hope we see a return of Big E in the apron with pancakes down his pants. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that too. They were like flipping pancakes and stuff. Like they are the breakfast kings at this point. Saxton went to eat the pancakes. It was a cool match, but I was, I was very interested in what was going to happen at that point. Here's something I'm embarrassed to admit, but I can't let her get away with it until my wife met me. She had never eaten waffles in her life. How? How? I don't know. I'm like, God, thank God you found me. Jesus. Yeah. No, we live in Kentucky. We only eat game meat. According to Sarah Logan, or gay me, if you listen to Sarah Logan having a stroke during her promo last week. Uh, Pat Fannin, one of our writers, said, Did anybody see the Daniel Bryan hates Kentucky game of meat? <laughs> I'm in the crowd. I must have missed that. But if that was in Cincinnati, somebody would have definitely done that. It was a phenomenal. That is phenomenal. All right. So. The main event happened. This is a match I would have bought as a pay-per-view main event on the SmackDown side uh, elsewhere. But the story wasn't in the match. There was some at the end. And we'll just go ahead and talk about that before we get into the the commentary, which is a whole other discussion. The ref gets knocked out, and Daniel Bryan takes his shirt and puts it on. And there's a convoluted finish that sees Bryan counting the three for Owens after a pop-up powerbomb. But... He kind of misses a pin opportunity for Nakamura a little bit, like he isn't in there swift enough. Who's your pick for Sunday, Anna? What did you think of this match? And how does this all work together, all these moving parts? I mean, because of the stipulation, it's got to be KO and Sammy, but it's going to be a dodgy-ass finish and there's going to be a lot of contention and Shane's going to keep going on about it and keep trying to push forward and this is going to be the breakup of Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Jeff? It's one of two ways it can go. We're either getting the anticipated Daniel Bryan heel turn, but I don't think that's it. I think they look at this match and they go, who's the stars? They're going to be involved in the finish. So Shane and Randy Orton are going to get into it. Orton's going to RKO Shane. He's going to RKO Nakamura. And then Nakamura's going to get pinned, and and Daniel Bryan, to show his fairness, is going to count, even though he saw the entire thing. So a, a few notes I have. I think WWE really expected the quote-unquote, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are on the outs with WWE narrative to take off a lot more than it did after that tour dismissal. I think that they thought there would be like some groundswell and controversy where people thought that they would want out. As we have seen, if people want out of WWE, they stop working there. They just don't show up and work anymore. That's just what happens. So there's like... I think that they thought because of that, maybe there would be some thing in people's head. Oh, is this their way of writing Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn off of the show because they're going to leave? But I've heard none of that. Jeff, any thoughts? 
if they thought this was going to take off, they should have treated it more seriously then instead of making it a comedy main event gimmick. You have them be malcontents. You have them come out and you have them cause chaos. Oh, this is why they got thrown off the tour. If you're going to do this kind of gimmick, you have to make it seem real. And they never made it seem real other than other than maybe mentioning it a little bit and then turning it into entertainment. Yeah. And it, I think in large part because of that, it didn't take off. And I mean, it's not a bad story, but the thing is like, if they're turning Daniel Bryan, quote unquote heel, I'm like, then what is Shane McMahon? He's, he's been a dick or is, Anna said a taint since we know that we can win the the uh, manual reviews here on YouTube now. It's education. It is education. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Anna, uh, I don't know what way to approach this, really. That was my question the entire time with this because – like SmackDown did a great job of getting me on, like I was already on their side because I love those two, but I'm solidly in their corner with no doubt that everyone else on this roster is drinking the Kool-Aid. And this is the weird effect of that as well, is it isn't just, okay, these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. It is now this mass separation where it's like, okay, KO and Sammy are in their own little thing. They have been wronged and bullied by absolutely everyone else on this roster because they are all, they were in that locker room doing the weird ass powwow before the show and drinking that Kool-Aid. And I think on Jeff's point as well, you're completely right. Going out, it's like they have so many writers on that team and someone came up with this really awesome idea of, okay, well, let's incorporate social media, let's incorporate the dirt sheets and leak out this thing that they'll send home from the tour and that it's real and all that kind of stuff. And then the other writers or Vince or whoever is like, that's great, okay. And then we handcuff him to the bottom rope. It's like, okay, well, now there's just this complete disconnect between this story that you want to tell and then the same same shtick that you've been telling the rest of the time. So if you're going to go this avenue, you have to commit to it completely. To at, at, in this day of social, like social media, dirt sheets, and everything like that, it is hard to get something like that across and believable to everyone. But that's why it needs to be like com- committed. And so many times when they have a, a surprise person come back and they have to hide them out back, and then you know, uh, with the Hardys, for example, at WrestleMania, they went above and beyond, and it's a little easier in that regard because it was the one night and the one big surprise, as opposed to something like this, which is ongoing. But it needs to be that kind of commitment, that kind of secrecy to pull this off nowadays. And they really just they shot themselves in the foot. Who are you picking Sunday, Anna? Sammy and Ko. I said. As do I, Jeff. I I said as well, Sammy and Ko. Right and they're now, gonna make, not... uh, hold on, let me add, and they're going to make the story about Shane and Randy. Just got to make sure I get all our picks like together. People people complain. Hmm. Right now, not on the card uh, are the Colognes, the Ascension, Ty Dillinger, Mike Canellis. I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Uh, there are seven matches on this show, and that's that includes the pre-show as well. Jeff, you think anything else gets added? I mean, my line of thinking would be, well, usually if you have nine women on the show, you're going to have a second women's match, but they seem all tied into the Lumberjack match. Ty Dillinger versus Mike Kanellis seems like the safe route that they always seem to take. Like, those guys are going to know each other like the back of their hands before too long. Yeah, but it's not a four-hour show, so I'm. I, I think they're going to keep it with this. They're going to do a lot of filler with video packages and recaps and whatnot. And I think, uh, I think the matches are going to get some time. They've been heavy on the video packages of late. Anna, you think? Uh, yeah. Think any matches get added, or they'll keep it as is? I think they'll keep it as is. Seven matches in what, three hours, I guess, or two and a quarter if you count a third of the pre-show will just be a match. Yeah, I think anything else would go too long. The tag match or the the 
four corner tag match goes 30 minutes, I will be happy because those guys are more than capable of carrying that. So I, I always, d- despite of how, how I think of the buildup for SmackDown tag team championship matches, they always deliver. Let's talk about the commentary war in the middle of this main event. Holy shit. Byron Saxton is either told to or just on his own acts like a complete dipshit. Now, Jeff, the thing is, normally I would say Vince McMahon's in the headset telling him to say this, but I don't think Vince McMahon would tell him to say this because I'm pretty sure that Vince McMahon knows that Byron Saxton can't match wits with Daniel Bryan on this situation, so he'd just say, God damn it, pal, stop talking about it. Oh, I thought it was basically Brian going into his uh, is is full on into his Batista latter phase where he just he'll just say whatever, mm-hmm. and then Byron kind of, Byron has a role to play. He's playing corporate stooge, and Daniel he's trying Bryan's, to Daniel Bryan's playing guy who's trying to run out the time on his contract is what he's playing. yeah, and and he's also he's not he's not uh, he's not prone to the same rules as Byron is. Let's put it that way. So Byron is trying to make nice and explain this all in story. And Daniel, once he sees an opening in terms of something's not quite according to script, he's going to exploit it. He's going to peel the curtain back. If this is all planned, it's it's brilliant because it's peeking behind the curtain to make us think that it's going to be a heel turn, which will be pretty darn great too if that happens. But just, oh, I fought them before I got here in front of 300 people. Well, that didn't matter. That that didn't matter, I'm almost positive came through the headset. I'm almost positive someone said, say that doesn't matter. And that's what got Daniel Bryan going. That's my speculation. Anna, what did you think of this exchange? Um, I put a question out on Twitter. Is Byron comfortable sitting for that long with Vince's hand up his ass? Um, it, I'm 100% on Daniel Bryan's side in regards to whether or not this is completely scripted or Daniel took liberties and it went off the cuff a little bit with this. Of the, you know, Do you think everything that happened before he just disappears from my memory? And that's an annoyance with me with WWE with these guys that came from the guys and girls that came from the Indies. It's, that's a whole story that you can capitalize on, and they did it with Sammy and Kevin with the the best friends thing. They did it through NXT. They brought and I think thank God for NXT because I don't know if they would have gone as hard into it if they hadn't had that stint there first. But it's just it's something pre written for you to go into. Um, yeah, I don't know if this was planned or not. It was very interesting, and we'll see if anything comes from it. Um, but this was the fourth match of the night that they had the opposition or someone involved in the match at Clash of Champions on commentary. Yeah. And for this, this makes sense, but there were so many others that it was, okay. Nothing I, added. I think it was, no, and four times in a row they got involved in the match, which, of course, they're going to because they're there, but aren't the people writing these different segments going to actually collaborate and ask what's going on? Lazy SmackDown. So the Daniel Bryan, Byron Saxton thing, I wonder if Byron Saxton realizes he looks like a giant dickhead when he says stuff like that. Like, I don't, I think that he thinks that maybe, I, I don't know. At some point you have to, to retain some integrity for when these guys cut your ass and fire you because very color commentators don't stick around long in WWE. Even if like Booker T he's been let go of that position, like what two or three different times. Byron Saxton will probably not always be in that role, especially when you've, you've seen how many wrestlers can do that job so well. I, we saw Drew Gulak last night, like God, they could move him into a commentary role right now. And he'd be an incredible heel color commentator. Uh, Corey Graves and Tom Phillips, would be much better than the addition of Byron Saxton. But Daniel Bryan really just sunned Byron Saxton. He sat him down in the corner, explained to him how it worked, and just gave him a timeout. And then he circled back into the storyline that he was talking about. 
he went and made his off-the-cuff remarks tie into a storyline, which is what he was trying to do to begin with, because Byron Saxon was questioning how biased he would be. And Daniel Bryan was just sharing an experience that was relative, and he said, hey, this guy tried to take my eyesight out in front of 300 people. And Byron just unleashes out of nowhere, well, if they leave, they can go back to those indies then, where they came from. I was like, man, do you know how just stupid that sounds? Just how bad that sounds? Like, oh my God. Like, it just sounds really stupid. And Daniel Bryan is open for it. Yeah, well, can we not gloss over the real shining star of this match, which was Sami Zayn across the ring? So no, Sami Zayn across the ring, waving at Daniel Bryan for a good two minutes. It's like little things like that. and Maybe he heard him. Maybe he's like, I get you, bro. I'm with <laughs> you. I'm with you on the indie thing. Sorry uh, about the retina. Like it just, it did get to the point where, I mean, I, my ears perked back up when Daniel Bryan started really calling out Byron for being a shill. Yeah. But, it was just so much of this theme throughout the night of added commentary that I did, I had to block out at some point. And then Sammy waving across the ring did make, make my night and ease the pain a little bit. Um, but this is why I just, like, like I said, it makes sense for this match because this match at Clash of Champions is going to be the same kind of thing. The in-ring work isn't going to be the focus. But for the other three matches that they did this for, do they not have confidence that these people can actually pull off a storyline or is it just overcompensation or do they feel like they have to get as many people in as possible in two hours? But then at that call, stop with the video packages. Um, I really question what they're doing sometimes. Yeah. I thought this was a very, very lazy episode of SmackDown. I did like that Corey Graves chimed in and really hammered Byron Saxon as well. I mean, Corey Graves came from the independent circuit as well, so I'm sure he didn't take kindly to those things as he worked his way up. I think his yeah, he, he worked as Sterling James Keenan for a very long time, and probably that contributed to his career ending with all the concussions yeah. he sustained on the independent circuit. And I, I, you know, I don't want to speak for Corey Graves, but I get the feeling that a guy like that and a guy like Daniel Bryan, two guys who had their careers end in remarkably similar fashion, don't like their their life's work up to that point being negated and marginalized because some dude who couldn't make it on the indies or in the WWE, he Byron Saxon didn't have his career ended because of concussions. They moved him into a commentary role. Jeff, anything else you want to do to put a bow on that situation? I think you all are being very harshly critical on this SmackDown. I thought, <clears throat> despite its flaws, I thought it was a, a rather breezy watch, to be honest with you, as opposed to others where I'm just kind of clock watching, waiting for these segments to go out. Must I, be the I, smoke, I, bro. You got inhalation. Mm. We'll get you help. This week, there was a New Japan Pro Res- or New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom press conference. We're gonna we'll have that posted tomorrow, but. We do have live coverage of Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th. Uh, Myself and Robbie Radford will be doing a post-show at about 4 p.m. Eastern that afternoon. That way it gives you all time to watch it. It gives me time to watch it, digest it, take notes. In this, uh, in the, the final night of World Tag League, Chris Jericho showed up. Surprise attack on Kenny Omega. I love the attack. He busted open Omega. Uh, there was the sense of urgency from the young bucks anna did you see this and what did you think yep i loved it i loved it so much stuff jericho cut a promo backstage or in his hotel room later i don't know where he was he still had omega's blood on his face and all over his hands (laughs) and he cut this promo i was like this is this is gold i cannot wait to see this yeah i liked it um didn't expect it. It was it was very cool. I saw somebody post. I wish I could remember who it was so I could give them credit. They said Jericho's gimmick is now aging rocker who doesn't even put coloring in his hair. 
and just wants to fight people. And I was like, hey, I'm cool with that. I'd be down with that. Jeff, he threw a table at the press conference. I'm I'm liking the old school feel of this feud. I, I yeah. thought I thought that Chris Jericho in this internet indie darling phase of his latter career was gonna come and try and have a Kenny Omega match. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think this is gonna be uh you know, for for wow. lack of a better for lack of a better term, a mid eighties kick punch fest straight from the straight from the territory days. And I could not be more excited. I'm pumped for it. I am pumped for it. I'm pumped for Ring of Honor final battle uh, this weekend. Tomorrow on the Listen Your Boy, I have Shane Taylor and BJ Whitmer on the show. Uh, they will be appearing on upcoming weeks of Listen Your Boy as well. I talked a lot of business with BJ Whitmer about uh, how he may have to relocate to Baltimore for his office job. Women of Honor, final battle, uh, some of the, the stuff he's doing. Shane Taylor talked to me about Keith Lee leaving for Evolve. He talked to me about working with former, now former NWA champion Tim Storm. By the way, I, I revealed on this week or last week's Fightful Wrestling Weekly that the NWA is going to be the subject of my new long form. You all can check out that Fightful Wrestling Weekly where I pack it full of maybe some exclusives that I drop on the podcast and don't really fit into articles and stuff. Uh, that is on Thursday or Friday, but you can go to our exclusive section and check that out. But uh, before we end the show, I want to give you all a quick rundown of the Ring of Honor final battle show uh, for Friday. Cody Rhodes defends against Dalton Castle ROH Championship match. Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray against the Briscoes in a New York City street fight. ROH TV Championship, Shane Taylor, Silas Young, and Punishment Martinez go after Kenny King's title. ROH Tag Team Championship, Motor City Machine Guns defend against the best friends. ROH Six-Man Tag Team Championships, Bullet Club's Hung Bucks, Young Bucks and Adam Page take on uh, Flip Gordon, Dragon Lee, and Teton, uh, Jay Lethal versus Marty Skrull, Addiction versus War Machine, Matt Taven versus Will Osprey. I will try to stay awake through a Matt Taven match as best I can. Jeff, anything on that show stand out to you? Um, no, but it'll still be a good show. Yeah. That, 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 that's the weird thing. It's like nothing makes me go, oh, man, that's the one match I got to watch. But they're all very, very solid matches, in my opinion. Anna, anything you're looking forward to out of this? Uh, agreed, but I have a special place in my heart for the Hung Bucks. And I think sure Cody Rhodes versus um, <laughs> that was weird. Um, Cody Rhodes versus Dotton Castle will be awesome. Yeah, uh, Cody Rhodes over the moon about him. I think that he has had a great run since leaving WWE. He revealed it was his first seven-figure year this year. So hats off to him. And it looks like his wife's going to get a booking against Ellsworth. So that's seven figures for her. Just bam, bam. Uh, guys, thank you all so much. Head over to Fightful.com. Join uh, join our forums. I've got an AMA post over there. Jeff's had one up there for quite a while. You can ask him a bunch of questions. Anna is busy winning awards as an actress and doing EPW stuff. Tell us a little bit about EPW. EPW Explosive uh, Pro Wrestling. You can follow us at EPW Perth on the Twitter, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. And we are now streaming on demand progress. Nice. Nice. I'm pretty happy about. Um, and if you are in the Perth, Western Australian area on February 3rd, we have Hot Summer's Night. And it's going to be a rematch of The Untouchables versus The Street Gang Hooligans, which was something that um, Voice of the Wrestling and a bunch of people, Meltzer as well highlighted um these four guys are incredible you need to check them out definitely yeah. check that out guys support epw and support anna as well jeff what do you got going on this week uh this week uh, rob and i will be doing our own uh what's the name of this pay-per-view again oh clash of champions, clash of champions. preview <laughs> <laughs> uh going over all the doings mostly on nxt wednesday we're looking forward to that show tomorrow um if you want to listen to me go over rise six Go over to uh, the Steel Cage, listen to Captain Jack's Armbar Emporium. We go over the PCW show and Rise 6 next month. Muda's showing up, Sean Rossap, and I may be going Ooh. to that. 
Ooh, I am convinced. I have to go back and watch. I'm going to rewatch it to make sure. I think Muda was in the first image of wrestling that I ever saw. Myself and David Bixenspan tried to narrow it down, and it was down to like two or three matches. But I remember somebody in face paint, and I remember a bloody Ric Flair climbing a cage. And uh, I think it was either Muda or probably one of the Road Warriors, but I'm going to narrow that down. So that's, that is kind of cool. Guys, uh, of course, you can follow Anna at Anna Bauer, Jeff at Crap Game 13, me at Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, I did Holy Smokes MMA podcast today where we announced that Fightful Zone Showdown Joe Ferraro is calling the Ryzen event at the end of the month with another friend of Fightful, Frank Trigg, who was also at this weekend's UFC show as a referee. Hot diggity damn. We might have to put Anna Bauer to work in February in Perth and just have her ask things that have nothing to do with UFC. I think that could be fun. I can do that. Lots of fun stuff at Fightful.com, you guys. Alex has an off track that, that posted yesterday. Head over there. Check it out. Until next time, guys, we're out. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.